chapter eight of wild bird guests by ernest baines this librivox recording is in the public domain hospitality all the year round most birds will appreciate hospitality at any season to some of them at certain times it is a matter of life and death a few there are that we cannot assist even when they are in greatest need of assistance for example in a preceding chapter we have spoken of the vast number of birds which are sometimes killed by late spring storms some of these birds which like the purple martins feed almost wholly on insects captured on the wing we may find it impossible to help but there are many other birds which naturally take their food on the ground or from the trees and bushes and these may in some cases at least be tided over for a few days until fine weather makes it possible for them to get their own living again in meriden new hampshire for instance a number of us make a practice of gathering in the fall the berries of mountain ash wild cherry and other food plants and drying them on the stalks in some place where the mice cannot get at them next spring if a late snowstorm comes we tie these berries to the branches of trees and shrubs in the gardens where they are simply gobbled up by hungry robins bluebirds waxwings and others whose natural food supply has been cut off or curtailed by the storm mealworms are even more desirable as bird food at such times but few people have a good stock of them on hand and they are very expensive when bought from cage bird dealers as it is quite a simple matter to raise these so-called worms almost any of us can be prepared to care for the insectivorous birds made temporarily destitute by the coming of late snowstorms the writer in anticipation of the perils of such storms rears mealworms according to a simple method recommended by professor clifton f hodge who in his valuable book nature study and life has this to say about them the best insect food for soft-billed birds is mealworms and every child that wishes to help young birds professor hodge here refers to birds which have fallen from the nest or which have been wounded should learn how to rear them and keep a supply on hand they are also excellent food for winter birds and for robins and bluebirds and many others that come early in the spring we do not always have the time to collect insects in sufficient quantity but we can always have a supply of mealworms if we once learn how to feed them the mealworm is the larva of a black beetle which can be found from may to october about granaries mills where feed is kept in stables in the dust in haylofts in pigeon lofts and meal chests the eggs are laid in these places and when hatched and fully grown the larvae are smooth yellow tenabrio molitor or blackish t obscurus worms about an inch in length while commonly looked upon as pests for feeding birds they are well nigh indispensable the writer has paid twenty-five cents a dozen for them to feed mocking-birds and the market price by the wholesale is one dollar fifty cents per thousand if we know how to use them the worms in a meal chest may thus be worth many times the value of the meal chest and all directions in the bird books for raising mealworms are quite misleading and in order to go to work intelligently we must learn the life from egg to egg the first fact to learn is that the insect is single brooded 
that is it requires an entire season to complete its growth the beetles may be found laying eggs from may until freezing weather in the fall the early eggs will produce larvae which are full grown by september or october of the same season and larvae from the late eggs do not attain their full growth until about midsummer of the next season a female beetle lays from twenty to fifty eggs while practically any farinaceous material cornmeal ground feed cracker crumbs bread crusts is suitable feeding experiments have proved that wheat in some form or other is preferred and yields the best specimens professor hodge suggests that the best way to rear a supply of mealworms is to take a good-sized tight box or earthen jar half fill it with ground feed cornmeal oatmeal ground wheat bread crusts any or all of them some scraps of leather a raw potato or two to supply water and last and most important drop into it a few hundred larvae or beetles they should be covered with cloths woolen ones are best but cotton ones or burlap are almost as good and over all there should be a lid of wire screening the potatoes should be renewed as they are eaten otherwise the insects should be left alone if the original stock is started about april you should have a fine lot of mealworms for use by the fall after that it will be an easy matter to keep a supply on hand for feeding after cold spring storms and in other emergencies but it is not only at special times like those during or following severe weather that birds are attracted by food they need it all the year round and they are obliged to go somewhere to get it and just as men who go to business must live within convenient distance of their work so birds must make their homes within easy reach of their food supply consequently if we desire to entertain a great many different kinds of bird guests in spring and summer our best plan will be to give them both food and nesting sites in our own gardens woods and pastures in no other one way perhaps can this be so well done as by properly planting for the birds the kinds of trees shrubs and creepers which are attractive because they furnish food shelter and nesting sites of the latter i shall speak at greater length later on but naturally many of the trees and shrubs which offer food and shelter will be used by the birds to build their nests in a bit of convincing proof of the value of cover as an attraction for birds is to be seen at the pines the estate of my friend frederick h Kennard at newton centre massachusetts mr Kennard, in an article published in the national geographic magazine thus describes it we have had for eight years under close observation about forty-four acres comprising three acres of lawn dotted with a few old apple trees six acres of wet meadow which are allowed to grow up with tussocks of grass cedars alders wild roses and the like and the remaining thirty-five acres divided into areas of about equal size the first of these areas that about the house is covered with a growth of pines hemlocks cedars birches and various other deciduous trees among which we have taken pains to cultivate suitable coppice and undergrowth while the second area covered with deciduous woods is on account of a fire that ran through it a number of years ago almost devoid of the smaller evergreens or protecting coppice and undergrowth in the first of these areas some thirty different species of birds breed nearly every year while in the second area only from three to five different species build their nests the writer suggests the following species 
as among the best for providing birds with a continuous supply of food throughout the year the deciduous species are arranged according to season and the evergreens in a class by themselves various considerations have influenced their choice beside their comparative attractiveness as food supply such as beauty of flower fruit and form time and duration of fruiting season supply of nesting sites and cover their ability to attract birds away from the cultivated fruits and last but not necessarily least their attractiveness to those insectivorous birds that feed upon the insects that may inhabit them summer trees white mulberry native red mulberry bird cherry shrubs shadbush blue cornell tartarian honeysuckle red-berried elder among the trees the fruit of the white mulberry seems to be even more of a favorite than that of our native species of the shrubs the early blooming and fruiting shadbush is important while the red-berried elder is perhaps the most popular fruit of all autumn trees flowering dogwood white thorn bird cherry shrubs silky cornell gray cornell common elder wide rod arrowwood vines frost grape the flowering dogwood with its beautiful spring blossoms and its attractive fruit fed upon in the early autumn by a large number of individuals of numerous species should be included in every garden critigus arnoldiana is one of those recently separated species of white thorn originally known as c coccinea which has proved at the arnold arboretum to be one of the best and most attractive of the earlier ripening species of the cornells and viburnums there seems to be but little choice they are all good the common elder fruits a little later than the red-berried elder and like it should be planted in every garden winter trees gray birch cockspur thorn european mountain ash siberian crab-apple shrubs barberry black alder common privet buckthorn sheepberry black haw vines virginia creeper summer grape of the trees for winter food supply the gray birch is one of the most attractive in summer and autumn it is visited by many kinds of birds in search of the insects that it harbors and in winter it seems a particular favorite with all the smaller finches and sparrows that flock about it of the mountain ashes the european is the finer tree and very attractive to robins cedar birds and the larger finches and no garden should be without it the siberian crab-apple with its great quantities of persistent fruit has proved to be one of the very best of the shrubs our common barberry should always be planted the black alder with its persistent red berries is one of our most beautiful winter shrubs the common privet the fruit of which seems only to be eaten when the supply of other fruits is exhausted proves very acceptable late in the winter while the buckthorn is one of the greatest favorites and is another of those shrubs that should be found in every plantation spring trees washington thorn american larch european larch flowering crab-apple shrubs japanese barberry rosa rosa russ high bush cranberry vines false bittersweet false bittersweet boston ivy the above species are listed as a spring food supply not because their fruits ripen in the spring but because ripening in the summer or autumn they hang on or persist until spring unless previously eaten by the birds the washington thorn is one of the handsomest of our native species perfectly hardy though not indigenous to the northeastern united states and is with its handsome fruit a great favorite with several species of birds 
of the larches the european is the finer of the two and both are favourites with crossbills pine grosbeaks and the smaller finches and in the early spring are visited by many warblers and other birds in search of the insects that are to be found there the japanese barberry is included in this list of shrubs not because its berries are eaten by many birds for quail and partridge are the only species i know of that eat it habitually but because it makes one of the very finest hedge plants impenetrable alike to dog or cat and because of its compact method of growth furnishes a favourite nesting site for many of our smaller birds the fruits of many of our native wild roses persist throughout the winter our humilis our nitida and our virginiana are good and may be planted along the walls and roadsides our multiflora grows either as a shrub or vine and is with its beautiful clusters of flowers and fruits one of the finest of the introduced species the fruits of all the sumacs persist throughout the year and are fed upon by numerous birds either of the large species our glabra or our tefina with its wonderful autumn foliage is fine while of the smaller species rus copalina is attractive the high bush cranberry is very attractive to the eye both in flower and in fruit and its conspicuous berries persisting throughout the spring when other food is scarce are eaten voraciously by numerous species of birds and no garden should be without it of the vines listed above the introduced false bittersweet bears its fruit a little more freely and retains it a little longer than the native species all the vines listed for the various seasons are attractive and should be planted wherever possible boundary walls old fences or ugly outbuildings are appropriate places attractive evergreens red cedar norway spruce white spruce black spruce red spruce white pine norway pine douglas spruce japanese yew hemlock evergreens although the seeds of the various species may fall in the autumn winter or spring are placed in a class by themselves because their usefulness throughout the entire year can hardly be overstated the red cedar whose fruit persists throughout the year and is fed upon by at least twenty-five species of birds is probably the most popular tree in the country for nesting sites and is the hunting ground for countless warblers and other insectivorous birds the spruces are almost as popular as are also the pines and hemlocks and all of them furnish protection in winter as well as shade in summer of our native spruces p canadensis and p rubra seem only to flourish in the higher altitudes or in the more northern states and are rather difficult to grow successfully elsewhere in eastern massachusetts p canadensis is perhaps the better tree as p rubra grows but slowly p nigra which is better adapted for lower altitudes and ordinarily drags out its weary straggling existence in our swamps will sometimes do well if planted in drier soil for those who do not live in a locality where our native spruces can be grown successfully the old-fashioned norway spruce if free from the spruce louse has always been a very attractive tree during the winter it is visited by grosbeaks crossbills finches of various sorts nuthatches chickadees etc and in the spring it is the favourite hunting-ground of many of our migrants while in the summer it offers tempting nesting sites to numerous residents the douglas spruce of the west is undoubtedly one of the finest of our introduced species it seems perfectly hardy in many places where our native spruces do not flourish and should be used in the future much more than it has been in the past of the hard pines the norway is by far the best tree and should be planted much softener than it is the white pine and the hemlock are perhaps the finest of our evergreens and too well known to need further description the white pine is a particularly rapid grower and both that and the hemlock flourish throughout practically the entire region and should be planted whenever possible 
the japanese yew although slow of growth is one of the hardiest of the introduced species and the mature plants with their striking pink berries make a wonderful addition to our gardens and evergreen plantations the writer also believes in the planting of rhododendrons either r maximum r r catabiens and laurel calmia latifolia when they can be made to grow they are perfectly hardy in many places where they are not supposed to flourish and if properly planted really do not require the care that many suppose the writer does not know that their seeds are eaten by birds but when planted in masses in appropriate places in gardens or about the borders of woods they are very beautiful all the year round particularly when in bloom and afford a cover much resorted to by birds both winter and summer on suburban places and in the country the use of evergreens large plantations wherever possible is of prime importance as a source of perpetual food supply and as a protection from the elements as well as on account of the welcome nesting sites they offer from an artistic standpoint also the use of evergreens is to be recommended they warm up the landscape and in these days when so many of us live in the country throughout the year it behooves us to make our country places as attractive in winter as in summer i am indebted to messrs william brewster and walter dean of cambridge massachusetts and to mr c e faxon of the arnold arboretum of jamaica plain massachusetts for their many helpful suggestions in making up this list and my thanks are particularly due to mr alfred rader of the arnold arboretum to whose thorough knowledge and painstaking care i am indebted for the list of fruiting seasons i am also indebted to the united states department of agriculture for information contained in the bulletin entitled how to attract birds in northeastern united states by w l mcatee in addition to the above there is a long list of herbaceous plants which are attractive to birds but a few of the more important ones will suffice in the open field of the bird sanctuary at meriden we plant japanese millet hemp wheat and sunflowers buckwheat is excellent especially if there are wild doves in the vicinity the hemp millet and sunflowers we leave standing and the birds take the seed at will during the fall and winter the wheat we cut bind in sheaves and tie ears down to the trunks of trees in the woodland that grouse and other birds may find plenty of available food just above the snow in many of the village gardens are planted japanese millet and sunflowers and mr kennard recommends that nightshade and pokeberry be planted along the stone walls ruby-throated hummingbirds are such universal favorites that many of us like to do a little planting especially for them they are particularly fond of tall larkspur salvia columbine bee balm gladiolus and nasturtium then we often make for them artificial flowers of bright-colored cloth or paper hiding in the heart of each a tiny bottle filled with honey and water or sugar and water it is said that they will take the sweet stuff just as quickly if the bottle is not surrounded by a flower but i am inclined to think that in the first instance at least the color and form of the flower will help them to find the bottle where there is a possibility of attracting wild ducks the planting of wild rice wild celery and pond weeds is recommended for fuller information concerning the respective values of these foods the best methods of planting them and so forth the reader is referred to circular eighty one issued by the united states department of agriculture and entitled three important wild duck foods by w l mcatee further advice concerning the management of waterfowl and game birds may be had by application to the american game protective and propagation association woolworth building new york end of chapter eight